Welcome to the Love Letters to Poe podcast. I'm Sarah Krokel-Smith, publisher and editor-in-chief, bringing you wonder and terror, romance and horror in this gothic fiction magazine. Each week, I'll be sharing a new gothic story or poem from the pages of Love Letters to Poe. You can find the original stories and poems, author interviews, your free copy of the magazine's inaugural issue, and much more at loveletterstopoe.com. Today's Gothic story is titled Where the Heart Is, read by the author Carl Lichen. The story can be found in Volume 1, Issue 2 of Love Letters to Poe. I hope you enjoy this haunting tale. Where the Heart Is Our old house loomed almost mansion-like. Sarah Buck led Charlotte and me down the overgrown front path. It struck me as funny, considering how small it had come to feel over the past few years, but I couldn't quite seem to laugh. Father opened the door before we even reached the porch. I suppose I should have appreciated that. So few things could pull him away from staring at her mother's portrait. And I know the Seraph appreciated it, as it meant he had no need to knock. He stayed on the path good five yards from the front steps, watching as my sister and I slunk past father back inside. Charlotte squeezed my hand, hard. Such a delicate little girl, she was surprisingly strong. I wanted to look over into her big emerald eyes, promise her that everything would be alright, but somehow I couldn't manage to lift my head. Father never spoke much anymore, but this silence was different. It seethed. Charlotte's nearly thirteen, and she's not spoken to a soul besides me and you in almost two years, I said, more to talk than to explain. I heard my voice rising, though I directed my words squarely toward my feet. I'm older, and I can still remember what the world is like, but if I don't introduce her to life outside of this house soon, the world won't even take her when you finally let us go. The silence softened. I could feel right away that Father was getting ready to speak even though it still took him the better part of a minute. Home is where the heart is, girls. Like you as you might, you can't run away from your heart. We can never leave here. Makes no difference if the world will take us or not. I hope you understand, Betty. I'll have to start locking you in at night as well, till I can trust you again. He walked back over to his chair and sat down, and my head finally lifted. I made no effort to hide that I was glaring at him, for I knew he wouldn't notice. He resumed his dull-eyed stare at his mother's portrait, the portrait he moved down here the day he said she'd gone away. I followed his gaze as far as the painting, which I studied for the first time in years. I suppose it captured aspects of mother, the sun's lingering touch on her skin and hair, the way she still smiled when trying to look serious. But I never saw her in it. It was near life-sized, but far from lifelike. But that wasn't why I hated it. Let's go wash up for dinner, Charlotte, I said. She squeezed my hand again. I still couldn't bring myself to look at her, not after I'd promised I'd get her out. I'd been so sure if we could just get to Uncle Jack's house, we'd be free. But when we got in there, it was clear as day that house hadn't been Uncle Jack's or anyone else's for quite some time. I should have known he wouldn't have stopped visiting if he still lived but a mile away, 
even if everyone else did. Sort of known getting away wasn't that easy. Charlotte, I whispered as we reached the top of the stairs. We're leaving again tonight. This time, though, we're not the ones the Seraph will hunt down. Who will he hunt down then, Betty? Charlotte asked. I didn't reply. Father locked my bedroom door that night, but not my window. He never fully thought things through anymore, not with his mind always on that portrait. I crept out onto the roof, then through the window into Mother's sewing room, from there into the hallway. Blind in the dark and navigated by memory, not a difficult task in a house where nothing could be moved from where Mother used to keep it. I counted my steps until I reached Charlotte's door. I unlocked it and called her, quiet as I could, to come out. By the dim light from her window, she looked like a little fawn rising unsteadily to her sleepy feet. She asked no questions as I led her into the sewing room. When I told her to come running downstairs if I called to her, all she said was, I will, Betty. I headed back into the hall, shutting the sewing room door behind me, and even stopping to relock the door to Starlet's bedroom. Should Father awaken and wander the halls, all would appear as he thought it should. I inched my way down the stairs on my backside, careful not to make them creak. Reaching the bottom, I moved to the portrait with a good deal less caution. My nerves were getting the better of me. I forced myself to breathe before I lifted Mother's still form off the wall. I was fortunate to have gotten that breathing out of the way. Years of suspicions and nightmares prepared me for the sight of the hole in the wall, but not for the smell of it. Stepping over to the buffet to light a candle gave me a needed respite, but all too soon I was back before the hole, this time confronted with a sight no nightmare could match. I couldn't recognize what was left of my mother. Even in the faint candlelight, I knew her yellow dress and Uncle Jack's coat. The candle dropped to the floor, the flame blowing out en route, but I could still see them, even after I made it back upstairs. I couldn't tell whether my footsteps were quiet or how long I stood inside that sewing room before I realized Charlotte wasn't in there. Once I realized it, though, my fear for my sister pushed all other terrors aside. I must have made it down the hall to Father's room faster than the sound of my screams. I wasn't fast enough, though. They were both there, neither one making a noise. Father lay still on the bed. Charlotte stood beside him, holding Mother's sewing scissors. The moonlight came in through the window, making her blood-flecked face glow. She smiled up at me, affectionately. Are we leaving now, Betty? The boy dropped our groceries on the porch stairs, grabbed the money I left out for him, scampered away down that overgrown path. I thought idly of following him as I brushed Charlotte's soft hair. Turn around, Charlotte, I said when I finished. Let me take a good look at you. She obliged with a smile. I couldn't help but smile back. She looked so young and innocent, even with her graying hair. If you enjoyed this work of fiction, please show your love by leaving a review. 
Never miss another story or poem by visiting loveletterstopoe.com forward slash join. And if you want the party to continue, I invite you to Prince Prospero's Masquerade over at patreon.com forward slash loveletterstopoe. Until next time, embrace what lurks in the shadows. You never know what gothic adventure lay within.